0: What up on a warm Monday, old school? Jay Foreman, Kenny Wilhite, brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese Special Ingredients and Butcher Shop located at 84th and Havelock. The day after, day after Super Bowl Sunday, day after a good uh, Husker men's basketball victory. Wish we had the women's basketball vic- victory yesterday, but uh, they'll move onward and outward. And so we were talking in the in the spillover, the crossover, uh, Kenny, about Eric Biani. And I wanted to ask your opinion, or your, just your insight on the difference between being—I guess it's a two-part question—being an offensive coordinator versus, say, like an offensive defense of head coach who calls plays, and really how much of it is a really a big deal considering the success Eric Bieniemy has had everywhere he's been.
1: I, I think they both—they both do it. Right. I think they tag team it. I'm sure they both sit down and collaborate. This play will work here. This play will work there. But I'm sure both of them go in their office right. and draw plays, how they think it was going to work against the, their next opponent. Sure. I just think he's getting a, a short end of the, of, of the deal because everybody keeps saying Andy Reid's calling plays, Andy right. Reid's calling plays. But if you look at it, they're both talking to each other. Right. They're on the headsets talking to each other.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to ask you that about Eric Bainey. Do you think his success, obviously – is, is exploded at Kansas City is hurting him to becoming a head coach because he's not able to really truly interview because they're always in the AFC championship or in the Super Bowl in this case obviously winning. So essentially a lot of the jobs are filled by the when he's still working. No. No.
1: Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. O C and D C. Yeah. They landed jobs. Quick. Quickly.
0: Yeah. So I mean we obviously know there's different dynamics too. And here's 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 what people don't understand. There was a head coach for the Minnesota Vikings, by the name of Brad Childress. Brad Childress. They, he's actually like the equivalent of Bill Callahan up in Minnesota. He called himself Chili. Mm-hmm. That's what his nickname was. He's the one that kind of setting forth to get rid of Dante Culpepper, and go with Christian Ponder, and then kind of held his head above water and got Brett Favre. Essentially, that was Spielman doing it. But he came from Philly with Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I think Andy Reid. Um, he never had called plays offensive coordinator by name. Andy Reed was the 100% play caller. So when people say that, it's just an excuse because people forget that. Yes. Now, also the old Chicago Bears head coach, who's now back as their quarterback coach. That you know, um, he was an offensive court. He was probably more of an offensive coordinator or quarterback coach and he ended up being a Chicago Bears head coach, but Eric Bieniemy's been designing some of the plays because the little the actually the the razzmatazz plays that they did that's eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. do you remember back last year when they ran a play from like 1938 army it was like a like a wing t formation yes. remember that austin eric Bieniemy found that just from watching like and he saw it and then he said i'm gonna put it in and if you don't think eric Bieniemy and and uh andy Reid are lock and step because andy Reid you if you really watch the dynamics of it isn't really calling all the plays he's kind of for seeing it now, granted, I'm sure he's overseeing it, mm-hmm. and they're getting some a good par- great partnership. Um, but also, it, it lets you know that there was some friction there at times, and and I want to ask you about this. I think I think sometimes good friction among a coaching staff turns out like diamonds, you know, because that's what you get from it, because it's not personal. I think there was, you know, there's times where he had to tighten up Patrick Mahomes before halftime. I think when they were out playing mm-hmm. the, uh, the Chargers one time. Um, there was talk that uh, Eric Bieni wouldn't be back. Andy Reid brought him back. Uh, obviously, won a Super Bowl because they, you know, they felt like Tyreek Hill being gone and could possibly just go in another direction. Talk about sometimes uh, either from personal experience or what you know, just from you know being in the coaching uh, field about sometimes I want, I guess you call it friction or just back and forth or banter. You know, I think it's good. Uh, what's your opinion?
1: It's really good. I think if both parties. No, it's for the benefit of the team.
0: Right.
1: It's good. Right. Yeah. But if it's there if there's egos involved, then
0: – Or it's personal. Or if it's personal. Right. Like
1: if you and I were co-defensive coordinators. Right. We both, at the beginning, we say, hey, this is how we're going to do it. Right. We're not going to agree on everything.
0: Right. We, we won't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. We, don't think, we shouldn't think Because we don't think alike.
1: Right. But if we both have that understanding right. that it's not about us, it's about the team right. and the players – We'll be fine.
0: Yeah, eventually you'll get there. Eventually you'll yeah, get there. Because there will be times that your ideas will be right or work out. You actually might have a good idea or a good play, and maybe it's just not executed right. hmm You know, and, you know, vice versa. So I, I think that, you know, Eric B. You know, it's unfortunate, you know, for him um, because then they try to say you need to go down to college and do this, all this stuff. I think right now for him, you know, he's in a, and I want to ask you this. He's in a, a little bit of a weird spot. Do you continue along if he's able to go back to Kansas City and kind of always be in second fiddle to Andy Reid? Then they'll say, well, you got Patrick Mahomes. You know, are you really a good – you know, the, the excuses will still be there. Or do you bet on yourself and find a way to – I don't know. I hate to even say it. Work your way up with a lesser quarterback and lesser head coach.
1: I don't think he needs to work his way up. No, I, think I don't think pr- he does, I think he's yeah. a proven – Oh, he's,
0: I'm not saying he's not proven, but I'm saying for him to get to where he wants to be, which is a head coach, and where he deserves to be, because I think right now sometimes, it, 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 like with him and a lot of some other coaches, I think they 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 will continue to push the goal line or move the goalposts. I I, I truly do because there's no reason when you look at his resume, and when you look even back when he was a running back coach, mm-hmm. with and so he was a running back coach with the Vikings when Adrian Peterson went over yes. two thousand yards and yes. was a comeback player. So his production as a position coach slash offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach or associate, whatever it is, associate head coach, is second to none and has been doing it for longevity-wise compared to the Eagles' defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator have been what offensive coordinators one or two years. So, some, you know, what do you think? It, if you were to advise the enemy, right, what would you advise him to do?
1: you scared to address the elephant in the room. <laughs>
0: I'm not scared to it. Yeah. I just think that – I mean, it's it, well, first of all, it's not an elephant in the room. There's data that shows the NFL owners ain't hiring no black I think coaches. They're not hiring
1: any black coaches.
0: Because at first – because here's what's the funny thing about it. It's like they, they, it, they have four – there are three or four excuses, right? One, you don't have any coordinator position experience. Well, he's a coordinator. Then it's like you got to call plays. Mm-hmm. That's number two. And then, then it's like if you're a defensive coordinator, what they did with Steve, with Steve Wilkes and Flores, well, it's an offensive league, so now we need an offensive coach. So that's the, the elephant in the room is not an elephant it's not anything unknown it's right in the face It's whether people now it's already there now you I feel I feel like sometimes with especially with the NFL you're going to have to find a way to like a different way to skin the cat with it, it, it get there
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day
0: If anybody ever have a street cred card, it's probably Bruce Arians because he had nothing but brothers on his staff. I don't know why, because you know he ain't got nothing but soul food up there <coughs> eating on Friday. Bruce Arians was an offensive coordinator. I didn't even realize it for like twenty some years, and he only got 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 his props as a head coach is because when Pagano got Pagano sick with leukemia, yeah, yeah, but, but Pagano got sick with leukemia and they went on a run. That's it. So it's not just strictly did it to. to I, mean, I think the, what people don't understand about the NFL, I always tell people, you know, they got a shelf life on you. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you're a Jay Foreman and outlive your shelf life, or somebody that really out kicks it like Zach Thomas and ends up being a Hall of Famer, circumstances, you know, take yes. that. Yes. They actually pigeonhole coaches as well, which is sad. Which is sad because there's a lot of it, white, black, and and different. Because there was a uh, Ed Chung that was offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. He got bypassed and said that you know they needed to hire you know minority or whatever. And he wanted the right minority. Where there's a lot of coaches that get bypassed, right? Based on being in the box. If you were to advise a young, upcoming high school coach or college coach, how what do you think is more important? Who you're associated with, as far as like you know who you start to kind of be with or in their coaching tree, or being going for the biggest job. Because you could go and hit a big job, the head coach get fired, then you could be lost in translation.
1: Yep. So with me, it's who you with. It's right. who you're with. Yeah. Yep. Who you know. Right. Get with a, a, a good tree and then try to spread your, your branches from there.
0: Right. Because when you look at Andy Reid, you look at, well, of course, Bill Belichick, and those, they, those guys. Um. You know, you could always say the Mike – you know, Shanahan's and all them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of – they all are on to the same. They're all from Bill Walsh and went from there. Um, You know, the tree is spread pretty wide, and then they've done a good job about it. I think what people don't understand as a head coach is – this is my opinion – is the best head coaches continue to coach their coaches. Yes.
1: And hold them accountable.
0: And hold them accountable. Because they want them to be the best coach that they can be, regardless if Kenny goes on to be the best defensive coordinator at
1: Wherever. Kansas
0: State yep. and then ends up being a head coach. They're not going to hold you back no. because I think sometimes when you – whether they make a lot of money or if they get in, you know, too involved in themselves, they don't understand the better that their assistant coach, coaches do. It makes them better. Yes. And it makes them look better. Because I feel like the, this coaching deal is all a cycle. You could be a head coach one day or for five years, get fired. Your defensive coordinator ends up – but look at uh, D'Amico Ryan's. Yep. Right? So, Kyle Shanahan, say like D'Amico Ryan's ends up being the head coach at Houston. Say he goes and ends up at the Giants and say, like six years. Well, Kyle Shanahan might not have a head coaching job. Where, who do you think he's going to call to be his, his offensive coordinator? D'Amico Ryan. All I'll right. give you an
1: example. There's a certain guy in Arizona. Certain guy in Arizona, Cardinals. Right? He had an interview for the head job, didn't get it. Right, he was a head coach somewhere else. One of his assistants is up for the head coaching job now.
0: At Arizona. At Arizona. And then he in there like Flynn, or will hopefully. Well, I mean, it it's up to him. Yeah, but that's the. Yeah, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. It's the of business, and it's it's a, it's a. It's definitely when you really look at it, it's, it's it can make or break. Your program, it can make it play break your organization. How is how it's done and how it's fostered, because I'm a firm believer that when you look at the Eagles staff, when you look at the Kansas City staff, it's the two best staffs in the nation or in the, in the NFL, and they're the two best well coached teams, um, and they were the ones that were the most consistent. So you know it's a copycat league. So yeah, you're gonna go see. You know that doesn't mean that whoever's the next coach at the Indianapolis coaches is end up, up going to be good, right? Because they've had it seems like as many coaches as the Texans have had in the last four years, <laughs> yeah. you know, you Frank Wright, then you got somebody else and so forth and so on. But that's how it's spread, but that's what that's how you create good coaches. I'm gonna ask you this also before we go in the, in our first uh break. In this day and time, with these young, say, college kids or young professional athletes, do you think it's better for a young coach to be the head coach or a coach that's more seasoned that's kind of maybe open to new not the gristled guy that get off my lawn and i'm going to do it the same way i did it when i was in high school or college or pros but the young, older coach that's been in these situations um that, that that's a, maybe a little bit uh, open to new ideas but understands that you know it's probably watched 10 years worth more football than the new coach
1: i think if you are qualified regardless, regardless of your age, yeah you yeah. should be the you sure. should be the guy
0: right and yeah i I totally agree. I think I see the advantages of both. One mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you can kind of relate to the players, but then also you want to make sure that you have the experience to put the players in the right situation, situation to be successful and relate to the players all within your personality yes i I think right now when you if you really looked at these two coaching staffs and in particular the two head coaches, how they relate and talk to the players is probably 60%, 70% why they win. You're talking about the Eagles, the Eagles and, and, and the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. Well, Kelsey
1: said it himself. You know, Andy Reid pushes their buttons, but he pushes them the right way. Right. Not in a degrading way. Right. So Andy Reid probably was a degrading coach early on in his career. And, learned. and then learned how to push guys' buttons without being degrading. Right. You know what I mean? Or saw it. how it's not saw dead, how it was, didn't work. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: I mean, I think, the, but the relationships. The relationships. The understand And then also to have the – I guess the calmness to not, okay, let's just take the Philadelphia Eagles. If you were to listened to ESPN NFL network, they should have drafted somebody and took, to take, to take Jalen hurts spot that head coach had to go and stand on the table for him mm-hmm. to stand up to a GM Jim. possibly that might've been thinking about it. That actually is his boss. How, it, you know, how he who's there he's probably one of the, obviously one of the best gms and very innovative could have th- could have already just said you know what but this dude said look i'm the head coach this is my guy i will get him better but you can't do that if you don't have a relate if he if he didn't have enough relationship with jalen hurts to know what he's made it's great that you can call up nick saban nick saban's I, there's not going to be a coach that's going to be like yeah man kenny played for me for three you know one man national championship was the best teammates but you know he's garbage he, he don't have any leadership that's never going to happen Mm-mm. And he's a good kid. So you that conversation can have so to get when you get to know Jalen Hurts, when you get to know Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, guys that are a little bit older, then you mix in some of the young guys. And to be able to get, you know, Gardner Johnson as a a throwaway trade with the Saints to get him and he's a different personality, you have to have a relationship sure. with the players. And that's what's huge. And it can't be dictated by you. It's gotta be natural. And it doesn't have to be close. It's got to be, okay, when we're here, what up, Kenny? What you need? What, how's your family doing? Yep. And people don't understand how important that is. That's very important. Authenticity? It's yes. got to be authentic.
1: Correct. Yes, it has to be.
0: That's the next thing I'm going to ask you coming out of this break about being authentic because I have a little of an analogy about players, and I want your opinion because you've had, you've been around more modern-day players than Obviously, I have. So that's the first great segment after the Super Bowl. We're going to get into a little bit of team building. Kenny Wilhite, Jay Foreman, Old School. We'll be right back.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it.